Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dinzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. Andy, it's been fun, May, talking a little evergreen. Uh, I'm getting closer to really, really wanting to sink my teeth into some NFL topics, Um, but we are still a month away. Uh, We're going to close the books on Evergreen May today uh, and then talk a little bit about uh, or do some interviews. I got to I got to start. I I got homework to do. (laughs) I do have some some homework. (laughs) Oh, Um, honestly. And and here's the thing. We are we are masters, masters of our own domain. And we can do whatever the, you know, we want. If if we need to extend Evergreen May into june because we just haven't gotten around to signing up some interviews there's like 13 more topics we had to talk about so i'm glad we hit uh, what we hit though no i had so much fun you were you had a little i don't want to like label you i'm not a psychologist but there was almost some imposter syndrome after the episode you're like was that okay and and i <laughs> i it's like I, and i think some of it was too is it was just hard to display everything on the screen yeah but right no, i right. i thought i thought you did a fantastic job of having that ready to go and and huh. running through some of the stuff and you know tennis was a great example to do that with we've gotten yeah. i've gotten some good feedback off that one again horrible probably in audio form <laughs> apologies <laughs> if you listen to that as a podcast and and you had it, but yeah, you want to be on Twitch, you want to be on YouTube, and these, and that's the thing too. If you don't have time, these things live on YouTube forever, man. Yeah. Until until we have some sort of cat- cataclysmic event that takes out the internet, you can go watch this later on. So um, we're gonna we're gonna do a little more evergreen stuff today, and that's uh, I think this is gonna be a really fun one because we're gonna tie it into NFL, which I've started to dig into a little more NFL now. As I'm starting to get excited, we're getting to the point of the year where you know, we joke about everybody's in the best shape of their lives and everybody's going to pop off this year. This is this is their third year and they're about to break out with this new quarterback. Boy, I can't not see those clips from like camp and OTAs and shit and be like, oh, fuck, this guy looks fast. Oh, he looks lean. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just a sucker for it, too. And I think a lot of it is just I enjoy the NFL so much. What uh, what is your take on uh Trey Lance's new throwing motion, Andy. <laughs> uh, 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 this is a trick question. A little worried that I had accidentally ingested some quaaludes at lunch. <laughs> it, looked, it looked a little slow and I labored. It's got well. a, uh, it's got a, what do you call it? A hitch in it? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I know, and I know like yeah. this, this guy, I know, no dig on him. He won a playoff game, which is something <laughs> not a lot of quarterbacks can say, but it, you know, uh, Tebow-esque where it's like, oh, there's a, um, the thing about a, a quarterback motion is, Sometimes there can just be too much of it. Like, of oh, that's too too that's yeah. too much motion. Like you, you need to tighten that up, son. And yeah, it, it didn't look great. I'm coming off some injuries though. It's hard to hard to judge this early. Yeah. Um sign collectibles. What do you think of Mira versus Coco the mean round three? Mira, obviously. Coco's yeah, Mira, but, Coco's uh, uh, an out waiting to happen. Um, she's, she's, she's gonna go to the she's going to the finals. I can't believe she was a finalist. NBA finals. Year. NBA finals. <laughs> oh Coco. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's gonna go to Miami, go to a game. Um I think she's from Miami, so she probably yeah. Yeah. no that's um, the thing. There was a there was a thing yeah. on Twitter. I think Jimmy Oh Jimmy Butler was her. definitely yeah. at he was he went to see her match in Miami. I remember him yeah, and he, Bam were 
in the Miami stands watching Coco. Yeah. For no, oh, for sure. It, it came uh, that was on Twitter. He'd offer her some tickets, I think. No, oh, that's uh, cool. Watch, so. Anyway, all right. Let's talk about today's evergreen topic, which is the market. Um this is one of those concepts which is going to be a little below, I think, our average listener. Uh, and for that reason, if you're bored by this, if you're like, I already know all this, I'm sorry. Uh, we're still going to say it all out loud because it's useful for us to talk about it. And good, good refresher um, maybe too. And also yeah. if, if, if you want to get deeper into something we say, there's some good questions to be had for this. So pop, pop them right. in the chat. That's right. And if this is something that you either take a really quantitative approach to making your own numbers or something that you are just you looking at your qualitative rankings of teams uh, this and you've never thought about doing this before, I could not uh, recommend it more highly. Um, in general, this concept of kind of trying to visualize what the market is on average for a given um, you know gr group of teams in whatever sp group of teams group of players whatever sport you're trying to handicap the idea of how the market has you know the relative space between those teams the relative ranking of those teams is important to kind of have in the back of your mind because really if you're doing any type of um, you know origination um what matters more than anything is not what you think will happen in the game but how different what you think will happen in the game is from what the market broadly thinks uh and that difference is what drives to give you an edge in a bet or in just in general um you know drives you towards uh you know having uh, a position on a game and the kind of at least the way i think about this is like Everyone who's ever tried to get into kind of talking about sports betting on TV, on the radio, whatever. At some point, if you don't already have this kind of conceptual framework down, you're going to tell on yourself, right? Like this is the litmus test. Yeah. Not, this is the litmus test in my mind, right? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's the same as like, and again, I don't want to dog on people who just don't understand gambling. Because sure. maybe, oh, yeah. maybe, it's, maybe it's not their job. You yeah. know, maybe they are, they are just a sports analyst and don't have anything. Uh, but every year we see this where there's like a seven seed that gets upset by the 10 seed. And the seven seed was a three point underdog. <laughs> and, and, and Twitter is gambling. Twitter. God bless you guys. Yes. Has to chirp. Oh, you know, they were a three point favorite. It wasn't really an upset guys. It's like, well, okay, it's fine. It's my seed. Calm mm -hmm. down. This is like a 70 year old person that announces basketball. Yeah. And he did. He didn't even see the, he doesn't even know his clip is on Twitter. Like <laughs> his company posted this. You need to chill out. You're yelling at like a, you know, an 18 year old uh, yeah. social media intern, but yeah. it's, it, it's, it's good to have the baseline. It's like anything else. Cause like how, uh, and I, I always reference this to the schedule episode, which obviously we'll do later in the summer. Sure. But, uh, you know, a, a common theme with anybody who puts out anything like that is as you guys get smarter and the, the average listener of the deep dive has definitely gotten smarter over the years. I think a lot of you guys are really, really sharp, especially in the discord. But once you get to a certain point, you say, well, well, yeah, it's, hey, they have an extra day's rest or, hey, they're off a buy. Like 
everybody knows that. Everybody knows that, of course. Like, we're not showing you that so you have some huge edge. Like, I'm the only person in the world that knows this team has 10 days of rest and I'm going to steal the Declaration of Independence. It's it's just to understand the difference in the baseline and why it's there. It's like going to the store. You can't say, hey, this milk is super overpriced without knowing what a gallon of milk is supposed to cost. <laughs> supposed to cost. <laughs> yeah. So you, you have to like, it's a good way to yeah. understand how yeah. even some of the simplest things are being, you know, are being reacted to by the market in whole. You have yeah. to have that baseline before you can make any sort of relative That's judgments right. to anything else, any of the ex, you know, external or extenuating mm. factors that uh, affect the betting market or whether it's an injury, a situational mm. thing, like it's great to know, now we know exactly what the market thinks this quarterback is worth. That's it's right. beautiful. Yeah. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you seafood restaurant, you're thinking about the lobster and it says market price. Market price. You got to know what did, what did lobster close at today? If you don't, if you don't know that, then how are you going to decide? Um, no, it's seriousness. The, uh, I, I thought that that's a good way to put it, but there's always people who step in this fan. It's mostly just fans, like fans who are like, you know, your Vikings last year, whatever they were like 11 and one people are like, how can we be underdogs to the Dallas Cowboys? This is yeah. ridiculous. Well, their market rating was lower than Cowboys for lots of reasons and you know for you know blah 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 blah. you see that a lot you see that a lot in uh college basketball where sure this this team is ranked 15th in the country oh yeah yeah sure and they have a tough yeah inter you know interconference <laughs> clash on the road it's like how can they be four point underdogs the other team's not even ranked it's like, well yeah, yeah, uh, you know yeah. the ap the ap rankings are not made by ap's yeah <laughs> that's good yeah, i've never heard that we have to keep um, that one that's a good one. Um, yeah, so effectively, the idea really is in parallel to coming up with your own opinion based on whatever data and information you're using for how teams ought to be ranked and what the relative rating disparity is for those teams and however you choose to use those ratings to come up with a fair price on a game and try to find an edge in a match or, or, a, or a, you know, a total or a head-to-head -head in some sort of sport. Um, it's the, you on a parallel path, you need to know what the market thinks of those teams in general so that you can get a sense of have I, you know, I guess the best example is like if, a, if, if you don't have a set of market ratings for an NBA team, and first for an NBA in general. And it's a random Tuesday and the uh, Clippers are playing the Lakers and you're like, mm, okay, I'm going to trunch my numbers. The Clippers should be five point favorites here. And you look at the, you know, you look at the odds board and the Clippers are two point dogs. And you're like, well, that's weird. Um, I guess I'm betting Clippers. And then re you realize, okay, well, um, Oh, uh, Kawhi's out, and uh, oh, the you know the the you know there was some expectation that this was going to happen, and oh, well, actually, if you look back at the market overall, it's already moved five points. <laughs> you know, like this is all just information you can synthesize uh, as you start to dig into a given handicap. But um, you know, if you don't have, if you it, you can shortcut all of that if you have a set of market ratings, and it tells you that uh, in on average. People think the Clippers are three points better than the Lakers on a neutral. And then you look at the market and the disparity should lead you directly down a path of, okay, let's figure out why. 
right? I think this is very, very common and very, uh, you know, useful to do. Um, even if you are just looking at betting markets in a very, very elementary sense, you're just taking those ELO numbers that we were looking at for tennis abstract last week, and you're crunching out the most simple, what's the win probability for this player. And you go look at what the pinnacle line did in the open and it opened close to, you know, it opened with a, a five percent advantage on the dog. And then it got bet even more in that direction. That should tell you, hmm, I'm gonna have to dig into this. Does that is this player injured? With are they coming off of a five hour five set match? Like you know what what it could explain this in the same sort of senses. Uh, you know you you see two teams in a game, given NFL week, and the you know you know that the, your neutral market ratings ought to put those teams at a three point edge for the home team, but it's a one and a half point edge. What's going on? Well, it turns out the road team is coming off of a buy. So there's been an adjustment, you know, made uh, to the market and you can decide if it's an over adjustment or under adjustment, but knowing, you know, kind of why, you know, what the market thinks in, in a neutral state and then being able to, you know, take those ratings and convert it to, well, what should the market be? And if it's not, why is kind of an important, really fundamental set of, thought exercise you need to go to even beyond just, well, what do I think is fair? Does that all make sense? Yeah. And it, it goes back to a few, e a few years, a few episodes ago when we were talking about domain knowledge and using sure. your domain knowledge. And I think, um, and we do this a few times a year on a podcast when we're talking about what we think of the openers and we proudly and confidently proclaim this is a halfway number. Because oh, we yeah, have we because we we have the information we know generally, you know here's where these two teams should be separated by. This should be a three point Eagles as a favorite over. You know, let's just say that what the fuck are they called now? The Commandos. Yeah, got it. I'm just go with the Giants because I actually know what the name of the team is. So the Eagles should be favored by three points over the Giants here. But Daniel Jones is up in the air. We don't know if it's just a little bit of a, ouch, my foot hurts, or if it's a plantar fasciitis and he's going to be out for weeks. And we get this number, and we kind of know what a quarterback of his caliber is worth with the secondary information of who is the backup. And we say, that's not the number for the backup. That's not the number for Daniel Jones is 100% in. Use that domain knowledge to understand that, hey, we're sitting on a halfway number and fuck, like at this point you can make, I mean, if, if that way, if you're confident one way or the other, you say like, I just do not think he plays or I have information that he's not going to play. You have a good number because it's going to move the other half once uh, that information comes out. You can't do that without at least having yeah. that baseline number in your brains. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think to kind of, we, you know, this is kind of, we've given some decent examples at this point. Let's kind of step, take a step back and just talk about, well, what is, you know, the market, like what, what, what is the set of market ratings? Like, what is it? Mm -hmm. um, best definition I can give you is I'm curious for this. Uh, it is a weighted average of the opinion of the betting public weighted by how good you are at betting that sport. So it's basically a weighted poll. And the best kind of example we can give you, and I think we heard this on, I think I heard this on maybe Spanky's pod, the guy, the Chris guys, who is who the odds maker is basically like, 
these 10 accounts, I know who they are. They yeah. bet football. They beat me. Um, I'm going to write my numbers down for this next week on paper. Send them to these guys first. We'll get their opinions. They'll, you know, they'll say, I, I'm, I'm betting this. I'm betting this. They're not giving you their fares, but they're telling you which ones are wrong. You get those 10 pieces of information back from those 10 people. Change your numbers. And then, boom, you got your openers. And now anyone can hit it. Right. This is basically saying we'll take some action from the smartest, you know, groups we want their information on this on this set of games. You know, that is our kind of um, uh, synthesis for forming our openers, and then we'll put it up for anyone to to bet into. That is effectively saying that we are upweighting their opinion on what the you know what the reasonable difference is between teams A and B, and. This is the first time we've seen A and B play each other. So we didn't really have like an anchor point of how far apart they are. We just had sort of a general idea based on the futures market, based on the the betting appetite from the smarter players on each team the week before, right? Like we had a general idea of what was going on, but not like a true idea of what the difference between those two you know, teams were until we start taking action. Uh, and, you know, I think... In general, if the market ratings were absolutely correct and perfect, then no one who matters would make a bet because we would all look at the lines and say, no, that's fair or it's close enough to fair that I can't beat the VIG. So I'm not going to have a bet in this game or this, you know, this, uh, this sport <laughs> this week. Right. Uh, and so to me, at least uh, any kind of final closing numbers that you have for you know a given week's worth of games reflects the bookmaker's opinion weighted towards uh you know the signal they have of how sharp a player you are uh synthesized across all of the different accounts uh that they take action on uh and you know presumably weighted to a degree by the size of the bets <laughs> right like if you're getting beat by someone who's playing into Friday, Saturday limits on NFL stuff, then you're going to be a little bit more aggressive at protecting those sides because effectively you're thinking, okay, in the long run, this is maybe, you know, this is probably the right side on this game. Um, and so I think realistically market numbers reflect on average, everyone's opinion who bet, who bets and it's weighted by who matters the most. Would you say that's fair? Yeah. No, and it, it should be weighted by those people, obviously. And every <laughs> every sport's different, and you know we've talked to enough people who work on that side of the counter, and there's different ways to do it. But the the basics is, hey, if I don't want to get beat up by the B team, because <clears throat> maybe maybe you know uh, the numbers I have, the 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 prices I synthesize, are good enough to get beat up by the A team and the B team. But if I send it to the A team first, they'll tighten it up, and then the B team has no chance. And the A team is comprised of ten people, whereas the B team is comprised of ten thousand yeah. people. Yeah. You're, you're, yeah. You know, it's, it's a sure. lot bigger chunk of people, and, and the volume that those people are going to beat you up on is high enough for it. It's worth it taking some bets from those guys and letting yeah. them get into some early numbers that they're going to smoke you on, and sharpening those things up, and then the next level down, which is massive. Uh, are going to have to bet into much tighter numbers. Yeah, I, and and so I think, uh, you know, realistically, um, you know, 
I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know anything about the baseball market. I'm sure that there are dozens of very, very, very uh, liquid, sharp participants in the baseball markets, but just using our friend Barry Horse as the example, uh, like his group is the most liquid that I know of, and they are getting down the most, you know, the, the most aggressively of, of any group that I know of. Um, and so when I look at, okay, well, what are market baseball ratings in the back of my head? I'm like, okay, those are Barry horses market ratings on teams because it's effectively like that, you know, whoever is betting the biggest or, uh, you know, betting the biggest and winning, uh, is ultimately kind of in control of, you know, what the, the market numbers are, you know, are, and, you know, there are definitely times where, you know, we are, I'm sure I'm guilty of this because I use talking about the market as a crutch and doing content of every single form. It's like, oh, market way too high on this team. Oh, not, not high enough on this team. Like I just have a fundamental disagreement about how good this quarterback is relative to the market, right? Like it's easy to kind of hold it up as a boogeyman and in, in terms of content making, um, just to make the point of, you know, like, well, you know, I'm the relative difference between what I think is going to happen in this game or the relative weighting or the relative score I give for that group of players is different than the, you know, whoever is ultimately the end boss in that market. Right. And, uh, and so it's, you know, it's, it's easy and it's silly to kind of get a little bit, um, you know, kind of too far down the road of, well, the market's is wrong. Right. And, you know, like I, I, there are maybe a handful of examples where I feel like it really does, like, you know, there's, there's not enough to like, like get to buy the island money on this sort of thing. But like we talked about it on the qualitative episode, um, game seven's close to, I, they're anchored to game one to f game four. They're adjusted down by like 10 or 12 points, but it should be more like 15, maybe 20 as you get to the later stages of the playoffs. And you know, this is these are still hugely liquid markets that you could bet in. You know, fifty a k at close. I think at Chris was the number on Game Seven for the um, uh, for the Eastern Conference Finals, and it's yeah. still like, I it's, it's the, maybe the only time you can sincerely say, "Well, yeah, the market's wrong about this." Right, like everybody else who was making commentary about the Heat Celtics series and how wrong the market was both ways, it's like, okay, well, you could bet a million dollars on this side if you wanted to. Like, how wrong do you think it really is? Right, and so it's it's a uh, you know to a degree at least, I respect the market numbers highly because I think of them as sort of the end boss in whatever that market is. Is that I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, and I guess I'm just gonna take a step back here and put myself into a mindset of someone who's maybe a little newer in this and say, well, this sounds really dumb then. Why would I bet on sports? <laughs> because <laughs> because it's like Drew says he respects the market. I respect what Drew says. He says, well, the market's pretty close to right. Like, how am I supposed to find an angle to bet then? And I really, really do think this doesn't get leaned into hard enough, but and we'll get into this, and we'll talk about it all year long on different ways to beat the markets. I actually don't want to get into that a ton today because I think that's some great content we can talk about all year long. But I don't think it gets leaned into enough. Is the the alt markets like, hey, yeah. this is a, this is a median projection, and I really really think that you know this tail 
um, is not being given enough weight right now where, hey, I'll, you know, 50% of the time he's better sure. than this, 50% of the time he's worse than this. And let's say he is, you know, the quarterback on the underdog team. But I think he is markedly better than this a big amount of time, more so than the, you know, the, you know, the 1% that would be a couple of standard deviations out. And you should be betting into alt markets if you truly believe there's some some outlier results from a uh, you know an underdog team, or you shouldn't be betting, you know this underdog plus three or even money line. You should be betting a minus seven and a half. I think that is where some of the money is to be made, especially if you're the you know you're not betting a hundred thousand dollars game, and you're going to be fine because those are the kind of markets that aren't going to have massive massive limits. But there are sure. plenty. I mean, it's still the NFL. There still can be plenty of limits. Oh yeah, no, there there's the the end bosses who are driving the market price in the most liquid markets. They don't. They don't. They don't fuck around with the player props, no. with the alt well, stuff, with and the not, and, you know, and also too, first, like to, the, first to fifteen. You know, they don't, they, no, no. There's and there's a lot of people, and I mean, there's a lot of people in this chat right now that are good at this too. Uh, you know, the the folks that are doing that sort of thing, those ten guys that the the bookmaker sends their numbers to, you know, that a lot of them aren't betting into some of those markets till later in the week anyway. Sure. Like you guys have been really good about picking off early numbers. There's always some early numbers, especially on totals that are going to be a little softer total prices or total market limits are going to be a lot lower. So I, I always think there's uh, some, some, I think there are longer tails to totals as well too, especially, of course, to, yeah. Oh, yeah. especially to the under because people don't love to picture <laughs> for some reason, just people hate picturing a 10 to six game for some reason it just yeah uh and, and also there's a finite uh amount of how low can you go like how low can you go is only zero zero in a regular season game which doesn't feel like it happens that much anymore uh, 1920s it did but are we gonna sure. get another colts broncos game this year we might get zero zero finally i wanted that so bad too. Uh, 12 12 9 that one yeah the, uh, colts got him no t um all right so just to, so just to, I think we've set the table fine here. Um, the market ratings, uh, you know, they have, you know, in a, in a, in the middle of the season, towards the end of the season, to me at least, it just reflects the best the the end boss opinion of what every team should be ranked, and that's kind of what it is. And um, but that's not to say that there are not lots of ways to craft an edge against the market. Particularly in the off season, um, we sit here now, and there is a market open for every side in total for every game this season in the NFL, which is amazing. But yeah. here we can you want to go bet your whatever two hundred fifty bucks, five hundred bucks, whatever in any of those markets, and you know kind of capture huge plus EV because by the time we get there, you. You know, you think the market will have completely corrected their opinion up on the Falcons and down on the Saints. So then you can go and, you know, that that type of kind of conceptual, um, you know, uh, opinion, you can get you can bet that a million different ways uh, in the NFL this moment. Um, and these are low liquidity at this point, which means the edges could be quite significant uh, if you want to put your, you know, your effort into that. Go for it. Um Ultimately, right now, the win total markets in the NFL, the sides and totals that are up, the futures even, it reflects a very small vote 
so far of the people yeah. that matters. If you think of the market as everyone gets a vote and your vote is weighted by how much you matter, well, so far we don't have very many votes counted. <laughs> we don't. And, and and there's probably not a lot that matter. And there's too, probably is, not a lot that matter, right? Um, and and truthfully, you, you hear this all the time, and you hear it on other podcasts. You hear it from smart people who say like, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm a pro better." And that was my spanky voice. Okay. But like, I don't know if Spanky would actually give this advice. Maybe he has at some point. I I haven't listened to as much of his lately. I used to catch. I liked the interviews he just did with old people. Like that was that was his wheelhouse. Those were all great at the beginning of the Be Better Betters. But uh, you know, some of these old pros they say this to everybody. They said, "Hey, you know, you want to beat something? Find something I don't bet." Basically, like you sure. just said with the derivatives sure. and the alt markets, yeah. the futures, and truthfully, the markets that you said they have low limits because it's said you're betting game three of the NFL season in May. Yeah, and if you it, it, there's ways to you know there's ways to figure yourself into good and you'll see people like honestly there'll be people pissing and moaning about this on Twitter. You the, they call you the the whores that are swiping good you know <laughs> betting betting college college football game of the year lines in April and May and yeah. stealing good numbers but fucking it's 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 not you versus the books by the way guys it's you it's you versus the right. rest of the betting market right unless right. you're making that very first bet so to screw them figure out what you're going to be good at figure out a, a way to beat the market like that and if it involves you know, maybe you, you want huge CLV on some of these prices and you're going to just get ahead of the market on two or three teams, yeah. take some stands rather than a rather than a regular season win total over on a team that you really think is going to overperform. Find five spots in their schedule against teams that you kind of have underperforming and bet them minus two and a half and laugh when it closes six and a half or eight later in the season. In college football, some of those numbers are wild. See them move three touchdowns over the course of a summer. But you're, then you, you have a lot of ways out. You can sit on that huge amount of equity. You can hedge out. You can sit and middle it. There's there's a lot of ways mm -hmm. to go about that. And you know we we talk about not taking huge swings. I think you you were big into this when we talked about futures on some of these lines so far in advance. But I mean, you did say if it's if the juice is worth a squeeze, I'll bet this early. Sure. And I think and you know. I joke, I'm going to joke about this and some stuff I'm writing because we, we fucked this up so bad last year. Every one of us, like the, the rookie of the year market, we just would fall in love with a new wide receiver that was 75 to one every week for all summer long. And none of those guys ended up doing all that much or winning, but that's kind of the swings you have to take is find the guy that's uh, that's the, the odds are going to be much shorter. There's some people that have crazy, crazy bailey zappy rookie here numbers way better than shit i got and boy it was a it was a fun two drives for a little bit there, there was a, a flicker chip, yeah yeah we had a chip chair and a chance i, I think that's <clears throat> when you say like hey maybe beating the nfl market on sunday morning is going to be too hard for me there's like 30 other ways to do it and a lot of it is just kind of having this like we keep running back to the baseline knowledge where you can build off that and start to yeah. figure out, you know, how you're going to attack it, knowing how the market is informed and who's yeah. informing it at what point. Yeah. So literally, if you're again, like if you're waiting to till Sunday night football, this is the best example. This is the best kind of way to close this point. If you're waiting till Sunday night football kickoff to put your bet in for Sunday night football, you're effectively saying I'm smarter. Week. I'm smarter than the most liquid, most 
decorated end boss better in the NFL. I, I know better because they looked at this game and decided not to bet it <laughs> because the fair price is in the VIG, you know, within the VIG either way. Uh, and so that's kind of, you know, that, that's just, just in general sort of the, the way I treat a market rating. Um, and I would say that, again, thinking about it in terms of a preseason prior for a team, it changes. It'll change. There's shoot, man. A bunch of win totals moved between the draft and the schedule coming out. A bunch moved from the schedule coming out to today. Like there's been like half wins here, there. Like, you know, these numbers are on the move. Like, and that is effectively, in my mind at least, the live vote tallying of everybody who's really putting liquidity into these markets. And once you get to the end of the cycle and we close some of these pools, the win total pool. Uh, the preseason, you know, spreads here, the look aheads, you know, for, for game of the year and stuff like that. Everybody who wants to have voted will have voted, right? The limits may go up as you get closer, which means the people whose votes they want to count the most will start to finally vote. Uh, and then ultimately you have a set of preseason priors that represent sort of what the market thinks about every team heading into a given season. Now I will tell you, that the strength of those priors, even the, everybody's vote, is it, those are still somewhat soft compared to where we ultimately get to. <laughs> we're about three quarters of the way through the season, yeah. and then and things are now finely tuned. We are humming along. Lots of the uncertainty about coaches, player development, injuries, recoveries, all of that has been answered. And now we have relatively firm, you know, anchor points for every team in terms of what their strength ought to be, where you know, where, uh, where certain, uh, you know, op what what openers, what range openers should be in, like that kind of stuff. You should be able to look, you know, know with your eyes closed what an opener is going to be by the time you get to the end of the season. How often have you been off by more than half a point when we've done the freaking speculative? Well, yeah. it's week 16. Uh, if the Chiefs and the Bengals get together in the divisional round, what do you think that line's going to be, Andy? <laughs> that a half point every time. Yeah. Like, it's just that's by the time you get to the end of the cycle, everybody has voted so often. And, you know, the people whose votes matter most have been properly upweighted enough uh, that, you know, things are much more different. But. I will say that, yeah. yeah, I will say that the, the the key point then is as you come into a season, can you develop a prior on a team that is better than the market on ag on aggregate? And that is kind of the name of the game if you're going to handicap college football, college basketball, NBA, NFL, for sure. You have and an you opinion. You see yeah. this all the time with the really smart college football originators. Yeah. And I think I think it's just uh, magnified compared to the NFL because of the fact that there's four times as many teams. <laughs> you know, that's probably the only reason why. And there there's a lot of games and it starts a little earlier. But you see some people that are just like, hey, I'm, I'm uh, the numbers that they are making for college football. Uh, you'd laugh if somebody told you those for for NFL. Like, hey, I'm like eight points off this number 
for for week one. And it's like, like this team shouldn't be favored by a touchdown. It should be like a pick 'em. What are we doing here? There's some there's some very wild disagreements in the market in college football, but that shit shapes up in a hurry because you know the market, the uh, the books, the the people on the other side of those bets are getting beat up, and then they take shape after like four or five weeks. And you see a lot of those guys crush in uh, you know August, September, October, and then just kind of yeah ha- hang back a little later. Yeah. Same and the, the same thing goes for the NFL. Although I will say, and just to keep harping on the point of like, well, how do I beat the NFL? Then how do I how do I even scratch out anything on this? It's like there's always stuff. Oh, of course. There's there's always stuff, and and we talk about it. We keep going back to that game seven example, but like another example would be the the Warriors on the road during the, the <laughs> you know you get to the the road the home stretch of yeah. the uh, the NBA season game sixty plus, and it's the same story. We have a very good idea of what these teams should be and you know the nba being a a little bit of a different animal obviously we're not going to be like hey you know it's it's week 13 mahomes is fine but we're just going to sit him this week for load management like uh, we just want him to play next week the nba has some very wild uh you know uh player availability things that can throw off some mercenary but Mm -hmm. at full strength knowing what you know like at game 40 50 60 you have a really good idea what these teams are but there's still these anchoring points to that and you'll have teams like this like this team can't play teams that are able to get this kind of spacing and sure these teams are this far apart in the market but this matchup sucks for them and it's like the warriors was such a simple one it's like well the warriors should be a three-point underdog but they have been so bad on the road why isn't this a five-point underdog because the market's just unwilling to go far enough from the anchor points and the same thing happens in the nfl with some some of some of the matchups you end up late in the season that's where i think and again i'll go back to the thing If, if you really think you have a an edge on something like that that's granular in the nfl you yeah. should be very much betting your opinion and betting it out as far as you can on some of the alts. Yeah, I, I think there's still something to be said about is the market correctly weighting divisional opponents? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, hey, yeah, the, we got a lot of data. This is a team that's five points better than an average team. This is a team that's two points worse. It's, okay, seven, you know, on a, on a neutral field, seven, no problem. Uh, you want to just eight and a half because the good teams at home? Okay, go for it. Well, they're actually now they're it's a divisional opponent. The familiarity matters. The market's going to have a fight over that. Is it is this more of a neutral contest where we really want to use neutral strength or do we want to shorten this a little bit based on familiarity? Like that kind of stuff for sure happens throughout the season and opens up edges for betting. But I think for in, you know, the name of the game in terms of understanding where you are relative to market is largely about getting your prior correct. Yep. Uh, and you know, volume should presumptively decrease as you go from the beginning of the season through to the middle and the end of the season. Uh, and realistically you got, uh, um, you know, you're going to, you have to adapt. If you're going to bet season long stuff, you have to adapt to where it's less about what my prior is in this team. And it's more about other factors. Now we're capturing. Cause like, it, cause presumably if your priors are correct on the Niners and the Rams this season, for instance, and you you capitalize on that independently, bang 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 bang, and then they play each other, right? And you capitalize on that tremendously, and then the next week both teams get over. You know, you 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 knew what was what the correct rating was going into that game, and coming out of that game, 
the market is maybe over adjusted or overcorrected based on that one single you know piece of information and you just say oh okay well now you've over adjusted on the rams and you've under adjusted on the uh, on the niners you got two bets the next week right and kind of capitalizing on volatility on certain teams and the way they're rated, particularly if you have a good read on them heading into the season, can make or break your entire NFL betting season. Any any sport betting, if your priors are stronger than the market going in, you're sitting in the advantage spot the, like for pro- probably the whole season or at least till the final quarter. Yeah, I mean, th- there's two two kind of ways where it's uh, either you were right at the onset or you were able to adjust off of wrong market priors faster correct correct and we, we correct. had we had that stretch where we bet seattle a bunch where it's like all right but fucking they're good throw I my hands up, up. <laughs> yeah. this is the thing like they're they're gonna be good or like hey I, I think i bet the denver under like six weeks in a row which is like their <laughs> offense just I, like i'm not seeing it like it's not just gonna fix itself overnight and this defense is playing at like 120% capacity and until further notice, like these games are going to end up in the low thirties. Like keep, keep setting it at 40 and we'll see what I do with this. Like if you're, if you're willing to, you know, say though the market's just not willing to adjust fast enough, or I started the season with a better number on a certain team. You don't have that. And that's the, the beauty. And you kind of nailed it. You don't have to have 32 teams. Correct. Yeah, like I, you, you don't have to be like, well, I think I know better than this market on all 32 teams because there's a, there's going to be what 80 80 percent of them are going to be pretty damn close to being yeah. absolutely correct. And you know, <laughs> you, you just have to you have to be right on a few and be able to take the swings in the right spots in those. Yeah. And sometimes it is in other markets. Holt brings up the Mahomes MVP market. That was one where it's just like, oh, this is like this is not right if like if Hertz doesn't play a couple more games and, and this is where we're at, like this should be minus 300. Like we'll see how much people take on this, I guess, because this is uh this is based on priors and it's wrong. Yeah. Right. So uh, in summary to this point in the pod, I could not recommend more highly to do a parallel uh, application of numbers to your own where you are keeping track of what market fare is, which represents, of course, and the, and the two key points to this are, here's what I'm doing, here's the market, where are we different, and why? And then recognizing that the market numbers are softer the further away you are from the start of the season than when you get to the beginning of the season. Recognizing that the market numbers are softer at the beginning of the season than they will be three quarters of the way through, uh, and then really just identifying, you know, specific disagreements you have on a handful of teams. And then, you know, like you said, with the Broncos example, which was a great one, like you presumably know when the market has finally gotten to the correct price or if it's gone past it. And then you yeah. have bets the other way, right? Like if you yeah, it, it was yeah. just, yeah, there was like three outcomes. The defense starts to deteriorate through just attrition or injuries. Russell Wilson suddenly gets it. Or they start setting the totals at thirty-two like, <laughs> yeah, until right. until one of those things yeah, happens. Those like, I mean, I was betting it's like, it's like you yeah. know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bet the first half under and the full game under. And just, right. I'm gonna have fun with this every week and just oh my god, nothing nothing better than sweating it under. Yeah. Honestly, as far as like if you really if you're like uh, a degenerate who just enjoys the rush of that as well, mm-hmm. like unders aren't any fun, but boy, they really get the heart pumping. Mm-hmm. 
Oh God. Okay. So not, then, not, uh, not not looking forward to that part. If we've made this whole big case and stump stumped for know what the parallel, know know what the what the market in aggregate is saying in parallel. Uh, how do you get those numbers? Well, uh, certainly ma it certainly matters which specific market you're talking about, right? Like I care a lot more about what Circus says than what you know, some, you know, fill, fill in the blank legal shop says, because they tell well, we, more we margins and they take up. bigger bets. Yeah. We bring ahead. that point up in all, all different sports. Like, you, and sure. as a general rule, you have sharp books and you should trust that because they take bets from people. They take big bets from people and they take bets from people who actually matter. Sure. Or Less likely that, to that, move on air. Like, like uh, some legal book X may move a number but it's because they are they looking at bad. someone else who's doing the vote counting, <laughs> right? They haven't verified that the votes came in and how they ought to be weighted. They don't even know. They're just, they, they, they moved because, you know, they, they counted some votes. And so we'll move too. Right? I mean, for, for a while, and we still have this, there's multiple books that just have the same line providers. I mean, they're not even, I mean, it, it wasn't that long ago that DraftKings wasn't even making their own numbers. It's, oh yeah. You want to, you, you want a full, you want a foolproof profit book? You take worldwide best price at 20 cents, both sides. Hang it. <laughs> like you're, you're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, very, very unlikely that the players are going to take you. Um, all right. The, uh, the general then question. Okay. Well, where do I get these numbers? Where should I get them? How do I get them? What do I do? Right? Um, there's an easy way and a hard way. Yeah. Which one do you want to talk about first? We did the. I should do. I should do the ad read quick because we have some sponsorship <laughs> stuff. Oh, good. Before before we get into this, um, new sponsor. I'm finding it now because I'm not I'm not versed enough to riff this one yet, but. Today's show is sponsored by Edge Boost, which is a fun one. Edge Boost, with Edge Boost, you can double your next bet at any sportsbook for free. They match your first bet with up to $100, which connects directly to the sportsbook. No fees, no interest, and then you just pay them back over four weeks. For those of you who've already used sportsbook deposit bonuses and matches, this is a great way to maximize your winnings responsibly. If you've used credit books in the past, very similar concept. I'm still trying to figure it all out. Find the link in the bio. It'll be in the show notes. And this is the sort of thing that you can use at oh, MGM DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, Rivers, Caesars, Unibet, Twin Spires, SI Hard Rock, Betway, 365, Barstool, William Hill, Wind Valley, Better, and Fanatics. Okay, so everywhere. A couple. Just everywhere. <laughs> just everywhere legal. Um, and then, yeah, let's – should we do the easy part that – the easy way first is to let, I mean, the, 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 joking aside, and this is the way I do some things. The easy part is to just let Drew do it. Like, oh, Drew, oh, Drew you like just send me that spreadsheet. If you already did it, I'm not going to bust my balls to come up with these numbers. But the, the hard way, the hard way is probably good too. I like the easy way of click on your bookmark for unpredictable. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good way. Uh, and this, this is kind of good anchoring. Um, unpredictable is not perfect uh, by any stretch of imagination. Uh, I would not say that uh, I haven't found some parts of their process that I'm like, you guys need to tighten this up. This isn't good, but it's pretty reliable. Uh, and having just a single one click um that's repeatable that's you know that that's founded in you know kind of current 
um, sentiment, current markets is is valuable. Uh, so I appreciate them. Uh, and uh, I have a specific bookmark right in the middle of my tab here that is uh, NFL betting market rankings. And on the one click you got, the uh, it's got your teams ranked from 1 to 32. It's got the generic points favored, which is effectively the rating against an average team on a neutral field. Uh, they even break it down more granularly for you and give you offensive generic points favored, defensive generic points favored, which gives you a little bit of a sense of marrying the side and the total to know that kind of how the market feels about certain offenses and defenses. Um, and then they even take those market ratings and they forward project them to give you a sense of what the expected record is going to be, what the projected playoff seeds are going to be. And then even more fun than that, what their past strength of schedule would be not based on teams' win-loss records of teams they've played, but based on their current market rating. Uh, and then finally, of course, the future strength of schedule. So just a extremely useful snapshot uh, to click on and just kind of give it a sense. Um, and that's the easy way to get them. But it's not perfect. And I find value in doing it myself for reasons we'll get into in a moment. Um, but uh, any thoughts or questions about the easy way, Andy, or should we just keep rolling? No, it's a good resource and it's a good sanity check for when you do things the hard way or you're looking at other people's rankings and judging yours against them. And I like to, I love to do that. I like to look at what, uh, you know, Massey Peabody has. I like to look at what PFF is it. throwing out. Like, I like to look at those and I don't, I don't like to use them. I know the temptation for a lot of that stuff is like, what if I took all the best of publicly available market ratings and just made a composite? Like, hey, uh, you're going to end up with the same thing, probably. You throw enough of that together, you're probably just going to end up with like, oh, I came up with the market numbers. Like, eventually you throw enough composites together, it's going to be close enough to the market numbers where you're not going to be finding edges and be like, oh, everybody just, uh, I, I made this thing and I, I found this huge edge on the Saints this week. Now it's, it's just going to mash itself together. But it is interesting to see if there's uh, certain leanings one way or the other by certain people during the season, kind of try to figure that out. Like, why, why is this, you know, is this, I'm seeing this person is always higher on this team. And then I'm kind of seeing it in the market as well, or I'm seeing the opposite in the market. Like, is this T is this person higher on the team or is this entity higher on a team? And maybe it's because uh, they're seeing value at the close each week mm. after, uh, after the market beats up against them. So. Yep. Yep. Okay. So from a betting perspective, the NFL betting market ratings matter. You know, it yep. does not uh, Colin Coward's top five power rating. Uh, you know what else? Yeah, ESPN's uh, you know just generic power rating, yeah. uh, like that stuff is useless. Uh, if you have a general, um, uh, you know, if you have a sport that's not tracked on unpredictable, there are plenty of proxies. You know, T rank for college basketball, pretty useful for kind of getting a sense of what market rating ought to be for uh, certain teams. Ken Palm, similarly, college basketball is outstanding. Um, who's the ESPN guy in college football that, that does, uh, Sagarin? no, um, it's bit, bit, bit Connolly, oh, Connolly, Connolly, Connolly's Connolly's numbers for college football valuable. Um, and, uh, uh Ken, again, Ken Palm's yeah. numbers for, uh, curling. curling. 
<laughs> yeah, see, that's like exactly where numbers. you're going to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Jeff, Jeff Sack, you know, Sag, uh, Jeff, Jeff uh, Sackman for uh, for Tennis Abstract we were looking at last week. His ELO numbers, that that might as well be your market ratings. There's several um, really yeah. good, there's several really good hockey, you know, yeah, sure. analysts or uh, data and data kind of number guys that work with that. Their names are all eluding me because hockey is kind of foreign. Mm hmm. Okay. The, the so USA that's is about <clears throat> to win another cup. A <laughs> <laughs> classic, ho, uh, classic um, uh, hockey towns of uh, Sunrise, Florida, and Las Vegas, Nevada, uh, competing for this Stanley yeah. Cup this year. Um, anyway, the harder way to get the ratings, and the way I would recommend doing it personally, because by doing it this way, you have a better a better opportunity. Because I don't. Can you get can you get older ones from unpredictable? I don't think you can, and that's kind of where I what I care about more, much more than well, what are the current ratings? I care much more about what were they four weeks ago, three weeks ago, two weeks ago, and now. Right, I am. I'm much more want to see where we are trending in terms of team being ratings and how they've been adjusted and what were those adjustments based on and are they warranted? And that's more interesting and more context to a market rating that you can really only get if you're kind of keeping track of it yourself. Now, if you're going to unpredictable and you're copying pasting after market close every week and you're keeping track of that, or you're going beginning mid and post, you know, weeks of betting and watching those markets, I think they update them every day. Like, Congratulations. Like hey, you're getting the granularity I think you need or would like in just understanding how things are changing because um, even more so knowing what the current ratings are for a given team is, in my opinion, useful to know how much have they been adjusted and based on what, right? And the big thing that the adjustments come through every week are the results of a single outcome is usually the only thing people are using to make an adjustment on a team rating. Sometimes that's right. Sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it should have been adjusted more, but their market is going to give them. Not, well, this is this this game coming up this week is more of a test case. If we see something this week, we'll you know adjust them next week. Like we need a we need a second uh, second data point here, uh, and or you know the the, uh, the example Andy used about quarterback injury is is a good one. I think uh, in general, just kind of. Uh, knowing how much things moved and why is hugely, hugely important and kind of having your parallel understanding of what's going on in the market, whatever market you're betting into. Um, so keeping track of it yourself, in my opinion, is best done by coming up with uh, market fairs preseason uh, and then you know calculating the delta on the openers from what would have been expected um, on the lookaheads. You want to talk about that process a little bit? Do you do you do that at all for football? Yeah, but I mean, it's it's mostly done for you with the the fact that we sure you know the fact that I mean, how many how many years ago do we have to go where there weren't all seventeen? You know, and they used actually, it's funny when we were when we were in a seventeen game season, you used to just get weeks one through sixteen. Like they yeah, would, that's right. They, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't even they, have and, and it was it was like fine. You're not giving us all 256 games. You're giving us 240, and that's plenty enough to to sit and come up with this. But like, I, I've always, I mean, that's going to be a good enough uh, at least starting point for sure. 
Sure. Um, so we can take the lines that are available for every NFL team this season. I don't know what the number is with 17 games. Uh, it's 268, I think. Sounds right. right. Um, 260, 272, 72. Oh, okay. Well, 272. Um, you take all 272 lines, sides, and totals for this season, and you can back out, back calculate from those, uh, a an implied market rating, an applied offensive and defensive rating for every given team that reflects whatever the bookmaker was thinking when they opened those markets. Right. And they've, you know, it's useful to do this right on the open because then you're getting their direct opinion. <laughs> because literally it's as simple as, okay, power ratings, put them down, run the algorithm. Here's what they should be, put them up, and then we'll start taking bets and start moving numbers. And so, kind of getting a sense of, well, what are, once the schedule is out, what are the, market ratings for every team is a straightforward closed form solution that minimizes the error of any singular matchup. Does that make sense? Yes. So basically if a is better than B by three points and B is better than C by three points, then a is better than C by six points, right? You're literally just checking that. And then if a, is lined better than C by five points, then maybe the other two should be two and a half. And then you kind of go through the iterations and minimize the error between the, um, the difference between your two vectors and the actual line of the game, total of the game, blah, 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 minimize the error, bang, here you go. Your least squared error. <laughs> yeah. And you right. end up with a, you end up with this, and it's, it's you not perfect. It's not you perfect. Know, you but know it's why you square the error, right? Oh God, don't don't give me that twist <laughs> today. It's because you don't want to have yeah. uh, your sign of your error Im- impact you at all, and you want the the bigger the errors to be more uh, effectual at reduce at uh, um, at compact at collapsing. Uh, we should we should do this so, on air. Um, use your solver in Excel. Yeah, don't do this yeah, by hand. Yeah, yes, don't do this by yes. hand. That, that would be horrible. Yes, there's there's a, there, few, there's a yeah. few different ways to do this, but solver in Excel is a great way. It's a great one. Uh, solver in Excel is a great one. Um, R has a package. You're basically solving a matrix. Uh, that there are plenty of ways to do this uh, with the computational platforms out there. But I'm telling you, it's a closed form solution that gets you to the minimal mi- minimized error. And then here are your market ratings for a given teams at the uh, at the um, uh, onset of a season. Uh, yeah, absolute value is another option, Chris, but, uh, you want to square them, not just to get rid of the sign, but also so that the bigger, the outlier, the more it is informing, uh, the, uh, the correct directionality of your, uh, of your, um, iterative solution. Yeah. Implied solution solution price. Yep. Um, you, you're better off with every game being off by a half point than you are with, 50% 50% of your game's correct and the other 50% being off by two points, right? Yeah. Like there's more precision in the, in the former. Anyway, the, uh, the market solution, you know, the closed form solution for this year's data thoughtfully provided uh, online by the great Lee Sharp. Uh, do you recall what his Twitter handle is? We can give him some dab. 
Uh, you just keep talking. I'm going to go find it. Lee Sharp uh, runs a great. Lee, it's uh, just like Lee Sharp yeah. NFL. I'm going to find it right now. Yeah, he uh, he runs the NFL uh, <laughs> yeah, NFL was... game data dot com. He uh, very very uh, you know forward with uh, providing information in the uh, statistical NFL space. Um, but uh, yeah, he already put these up. Um, it's what Lee, Lee Sharp NFL. Yeah, it was just Lee Sharp NFL. Sharp okay. with an E. With an E. Lee Sharp, uh, former PFF guy, done a lot of writing, a lot of really good with R, developed a few different things for that. He works with NFL Fast R and, yeah, just overall smart guy analyst. Yeah. And so this is obviously precision to a degree that I don't think is warranted for <laughs> NFL ratings. Um, I'm kind of round to the nearest half point kind of guy myself. But that's fine. I don't. I don't care. Um, and if you take so basically the 272 games from the season, and you back calculate what is the implied power rating of the various teams and the way that they match up in that schedule, it's telling you that the Chiefs are six points better than an average team. It's telling you the Cardinals are five points worse than an average team. That's kind of a tighter spread than we've had in, in recent years. Uh, recent years, it's usually been about a 13, 14 point spread between best and worst. Now we're only looking at about a 12 point spread. Actually, 11 and a half. Um, Actually, eleven. <laughs> Here and here's uh, the wow. thing. Here's Surprising. the thing, too, Drew. Yeah. Do you find, on average, let's just—I I, don't—I put you in the spot here. I don't think you have your sure. last five years opening and closing in front of you. But do you find that spread gets bigger or smaller throughout the season, on average? It gets bigger and then smaller. Yeah. About mid about mid season, it feels like it's fifteen. Yeah, right. And, and we and, gets, and we and have had from years. There, and then from there it closes like around 11, 20, 10 or eleven. I mean, uh yeah. God, who was who was the team that was about three years ago that we couldn't the Dolphins? Uh, the Dolphins were didn't like didn't know 20, how low they actually 20, should be. Yeah, we're we're at like week four, and it's like, are they gonna be twenty-four point dogs to the Cowboys this week? It was close, um, yeah. It, it was it was and it was it was over twenty-one. And obviously at the end of the year there was not a I think they did not. They didn't cover a twenty-point spread against the Patriots at home, and then they the next week were I think in that ballpark. It was the Cowboys? Yeah, it was like twenty. Yeah. It was like twenty-two and a half, twenty-three. But uh, yeah, at the end of that year, we did not have a difference of. I mean, take home field out 20, 22 points between the top team and the bottom team. It does, like you said, it tends to tighten up towards the end of the year. But yeah, eleven is low, as Sam Lipscomb's pointing out. On a neutral on a neutral field, I would probably also bet the Chiefs minus eleven over this uh, iteration of the Cardinals right now. Yeah, and uh, now I personally would say if you want to know what a given spread ought to be, you take the ELOs, calculate the win probabilities, and then convolve what the win probability says for a fair spread, given the historical data and the historical odds. Um, but just for the simple, simplified thought exercise here, let's take the Chiefs and the Chargers, and let's say that they play uh, in week uh, two, and you want to know what that line is going to be, Andy. You would take the Chiefs' power rating, subtract the Chargers' power rating, and you have a difference of 3.58. We'll say 3.5 for just for uh, ease just of for, use. For ease yeah. of use. Now... That's a fair market price on the open. If these two teams were playing in London, I assume, or if they were playing in Denver, maybe like halfway in between, like if this was a true neutral site game, 
and a neutral situation, then you would expect a three and a half Chiefs by three and a half, right? Overland Park, Kansas. Yes. Three and okay. a half. Okay. Uh, but presumably it's either in LA or it's in Kansas City. Let's use Kansas, Kansas City as the example because I don't really want to fight about what LA Chargers. Home yeah, I was gonna say you be. picked a really <laughs> shitty example. Uh, but uh, yeah, let's say let's say it's an arrowhead. Um, and let's say that the Chiefs have you want to assign average home field advantage. Uh, for I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna, give him, sli- I'm gonna give him slightly above average. Okay. Well, what's average? What's average? I, b- I believe they have slightly above average in my heart. Anyway, average as we talked about was about 1.8 last year. That was the number that you came up with preseason, if I remember correctly, and that is the number that it closed at at the end of the year. So we're just gonna round it up to two because I do believe the Chiefs are one of the better home fields in the NFL, and honestly, two. Uh, you know, we talk about home field advantage, and we got a really crazy curveball thrown at us by the planet with the, you know, the COVID shit. We got to find out, like, how does crowds affect home field, home court, home <laughs> home turf? And it was, it was a crazy experiment that we never thought we'd ever get to see. You know, you'd every once in a while, a bunch of fans of, like, some Serie A team would be super racist or terrible and they would have to, and they'd have to play like a soccer match behind closed doors, but just didn't happen over here. So we got to find out a lot about what what it actually meant, and a big part of it is referee bias based on the crowd. Yeah. And I have yet to play with this data at all, but I really think home field improves when your team is good, because sure. it in the unconscious bias of like, well, this is a good team. They wouldn't commit penalties. <laughs> like they're, they're the better team. They should get the benefit of the doubt. Hey, this it's is, and you, 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 well, you see it all the time with like when people say, oh, a quarterback gets just bushwhacked. And it probably, you know, it's the one time we say that probably should have been roughing. We hate roughing as a community. It's awful. Stop, stop coddling these guys. But everyone's like, oh, Brady would have got that call or Rogers would have got that call. Like, <laughs> it is true. A, a, a star quarterback, a superstars, a superstars in the NBA yeah. get the call. Man. Yeah. Going off, on, going off on a hard segue here or a hard uh, tangent, but yeah, Chiefs, Chiefs, two points, home field advantage. They're an arrowhead. Okay. Puts it five and a half, huh? Yeah, puts it at five and a half. Yeah. And uh, if you want to, you know, if you're anticipating a lot, you want to shade it towards the Chiefs, yeah, open this, open either five and a half and ask for a juicy price to lay the Chiefs or, or open six, give people the opportunity to, to take some uh chargers plus six and then and then move it down uh either way is a good strategy if you're and, and to book. be yeah. fair and we we talked about this at one point last year and i think it's a good time to maybe interject this is that home field was 1.8 but 1.8 doesn't always mean 1.8 that's a great point yeah. it is and you went over this really really nicely one time last year where we said hey let's and let's stick with two we got to give a team two points home field or we got to take away this many points because this quarterback's missing. If that line is, you know, 11 and a half, it's a huge favorite in kind of a weird dead zone. Or if it's two and a half, there's a very big difference, I believe. And it, it's maybe not massive when you look at it, but I think it matters too. And 1.8 really should be, it should be a probably a implied win probability percentage rather than just a flat 1.8. 
Yeah, right. So and I, I, kinda, I, I would, I would apply yeah. it. Yeah, apply it differently in different yeah. parts of the, you know, the, the against the spread spectrum. But yeah, where right. we were, where we were sitting at three and a half, I'm fine moving it to. Yeah, if you, if you are, yes, if you're using this in a generic 1.8 cents, tread very lightly around key numbers. That is yeah. the that is Two kind and of half, the, three and that and is half, all we can seven say. and a half, six and a half, yeah. Um, you start crossing that it's yeah. just like well maybe i shouldn't have crossed for the full last team. year was uh last year was a good here's an example by the way of the market being wrong even though it's again the end boss originator who's effectively in charge of this uh the uh average home uh average spread for the home team last year in the nfl was 1.8 okay. that was the same as 2021 1.8 that was up from 1.3 the year with no fans that was down from two in 2019, down from two and a half in 2018, right? So we trended down, we bottomed out in the year with no fans, and then we're coming back up. 1.8 as the average spread, and, you know, the home teams went 500, so it really didn't matter, except that the um, the win probability for home teams last year was high, much higher than it has been historically. It's 57.5% win probability for the home teams, um, and they won on average by 2.25 points. So keep your mind open to home field kind of continuing to creep back up into the two-point range. Um, but certainly I would have told you, you know, 54% was kind of the long-term expectation of a home team winning. Uh, last year, yeah, it was almost 58 So. Uh, homies homies killed it last year anyway um i think realistically similarly like you can kind of use this to as a fair starting point if you let's actually can you pull the numbers back up let's look at the eagles uh, cowboys for uh, just a quick example so uh i don't think there's really a good reason that you should go into the season thinking that there's a huge gap between the eagles and cowboys this is my sincere opinion just based on the talent of the rosters and how healthy they are at this point before we've gotten to camp. Uh, Eagles have come down a, a hair. Cowboys have gotten better by enough that that should probably be, those. they should probably be power rated somewhat similarly, in my opinion. The market is telling you that currently there is a one and a half point gap between those two teams, which means Eagles would be north of three at home or around three point favorites yeah. at home. Uh, and it would be around a pick them in Dallas, which is pretty cool. Um, if you have this just general disagreement, you you know, that you think, oh, well, both teams should be around three and a half, four, then you can probably go and find Cowboys pick them hosting the Eagles sometime this season, or you can go play Cowboys plus the three. Maybe it's even three and a half uh, during the regular season that, you know, you might be able to get that kind of a number that now, um, betting preseason stuff around key numbers, I would suggest over just, you know, kind of dead numbers. Um, you're going to catch her a little more value that way. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, I think it's one thing to have sort of a, a sense of the relative space between two teams. Um, but if Eagles should be down at two and a half relative to the Cowboys or the Cowboys should be up at four relative to the Eagles, that's kind of different than saying they should both be around three and a half. If you know, you kind of, you know what I'm getting at, right? Yes, for sure. So, uh, let's say that then these two teams play somewhat early in the season, like week two. Uh, I don't know actually off the top of my head when they do finally first play. They probably later in the season because that's such a highly rated game. Um, but let's just say that these teams play the week two and sure enough, Cowboys go to Philly and pull off the win. 
what is the expectation for when you see the Cowboys numbers open up for week three? Is their power rating still going to be two and a half Andy by market? Probably, probably not. Okay. Do you think that the uh, Eagles are still going to be four? I would say they, they'd probably drop a little as well. Okay. Do you think that the if it's a coin flippy type of game, that changing either number is warranted? Probably not. And <clears throat> I think the biggest key part of that information was that it was week two. Yeah, sure. Like, and that's sort of, and oh god, there's the big joke about between week one and week two, overreaction week. But overreaction week is like the first month. There's often there's often these coin flip games that go one way or the other, and there's big wild swings based on like and if you actually do spend the time, and this is still an episode that I think would be worth doing is like a on a box score autopsy and like actually looking at and maybe we even you know uh you know what doesn't look bad on screen if you if you maximize the console is is uh our studio like if, if we start just uh bringing up some of the box scores from last year we could do the play-by-play data and do some success rate stuff and just look at like hey this team played way differently than on average and they were honestly it was an unlucky game and they took a big market rating swing and they shouldn't have and uh, you know I'm, I'm fully on board with uh bucking the overreaction especially early in the year yeah and so i guess the point i'm really just trying to make here is that you can have an example where you have the relative gap between two teams narrower than the market or bigger than the market in fact that's why you're betting any side <laughs> really and then if you are correct and you come out of that game and the market has violently reacted to that particular outcome, but you kind of expected it, then that gives you, in my opinion, the kind of catbird seat and the next week for both of those teams. And you still yeah. have a lot. Suddenly you're betting, goals. you're betting two games. And yeah. another, another fun way to approach that too is, you know, when you're sitting there, let's say it's Saturday and, you know, we've just scolded people for betting into these markets too late. I'm not, let's say it's Saturday week two. I'm not suggesting you get into the market super late. I'm suggesting you take all of your theses and all the information that you have and how you think week two is going to go, and you start looking at those week three look-aheads. And again, kudos to the Discord and kudos to several people I know that just do this sort of thing throughout the season. And yes, the limits are going to be lower for some of you people that are, I guess there's got to be some people out there that are betting really, really big. And I know that's, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Look, heads are going to be less, but there's, there's, I think there's some ways to obviously take your opinions from one week and get in early on the next week. If you're expecting that sort of overreaction, because you can just essentially just be ahead of the move to the point where you could probably be buying back or finding a middle um, especially if, like you said, you're sitting around key numbers and we see a violent reaction, especially, sure. you know, and, and obviously the, the perfect storm is, I think this team has a bigger than, you know, average chance to lose a coin flip game. And I feel the exact same opposite way about a different game, but these two teams play each other next week and you're going to yeah. get the double reaction. Oftentimes, like just looking... Even if you don't feel that way strongly about both, it, let's say you feel moderately about both, like that adds up. If you, yeah, you yeah. think like, hey, there's you know there's a ten percent chance that we get a blowout of this team, 
relative to expectations. And there's a you know a 10% chance that their opponent from next week blows out the team they're playing, and then suddenly we have this double adjustment looking into these look headlines. And it's a lot of fun to try to puzzle that out. And I think uh, I think if some of you put your heads together on that, there'd be some pretty fun ways to look at look heads. There would so be. it's it's the same thing, just doing it uh, kind of in a roundabout early way. Yeah, no, and I think keeping up with your own market ratings and specifically there is judgment involved surely, right? And Unpredictable has a specific algorithm they set up to do it. So it takes the judgment out of this, um, which means Unpredictable, if you're using that, by the way, be very, very, very conscientious of lines that are aggressively adjusted because of quarterback moves. Um, those like big, they kind of tend to break the, uh, they tend to break the, uh, the algorithm. Um, but the, um, but yeah, if you if you think that it's a coin flip between Philly and Dallas, and you take Dallas plus three, and they win, and Dallas is playing the Giants next week, and the Giants were expected to beat the Commanders by three, and they beat them by three, and then you see the market come up next week, the look ahead, Dallas hosting the Giants was was six. Now it's seven, <laughs> right? You know exactly what was done. What happened there? No, obviously no one adjusted the Giants. The Giants did exactly what we expected them to do. But the Cowboys did better than we expected them to do. So we've upgraded them by a point, And now they are seven point favorites at home instead of six against the Giants who, you know, we're going to still keep as an average team. Yeah. And this is something that books will somewhat allow. It's, this, is, uh, this is the ultimate... It's it's a high risk high reward because if you're if you're wrong, um, well I guess if you're wrong it doesn't no if you're wrong it doesn't matter if you lose the first leg, it, it has not mattered if the market moves against the second line, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. But uh, and I should read this for the podcast folks. But Sam Lipscomb says parlay the current week's game with for one team with their look ahead. So basically, you think there's an outlier performance in in store for your San Diego Chargers this week. You think there's a uh, a decent chance there's a blowout on the horizon over a team that just doesn't match up good with the, their particular brand of offense this week. And it's early in the year. They're going to take a big adjustments against their opponent next week. So let's just say you're betting spreads. You're getting minus 110, so you're getting that plus 260 parlay roughly on these two spreads. If you lose the first leg and you're wrong, the, the second leg is going to move against you. You got a bad number on that second leg, but it doesn't fucking matter because the parlay, the parlay is dead, and you've already lost. the 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 look ahead number doesn't matter. But if you were correct and you correctly predicted this, and suddenly you you know you have a plus two sixty parlay that you know if you did it in rollover fashion would only pay what I don't know. Let's say it moves a couple points. That minus one ten leg is. You know, certainly sitting at probably minus 130, something along those lines, if you had to bet an alt line. So you gain a little bit of equity on a fun little parlay if you're correct. That's a, that's a fun yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's basically the same reason you would bet a futures price in a tennis tournament. <laughs> yeah. You're basically saying the same thing. Like, this person wins this game, they're going to shorten. Um, this is the reason bet the Celtics series price uh, after game three, because if they won game four, then that was going to nuke that market, and that surely it did. But um, all right, the um, so I think you know generally that's the kind of framework we wanted to lay out. What are the market ratings? How do you use them? Where do you get them? How do you adjust them? 
Uh, and then, yeah, picking up some of the low hanging fruit. I like, I liked all the examples we brought up. Um, I'll never forget for sure. The most violent buy low sell high spot we've ever seen was Niners Rams the three years ago, maybe like the, the, the look ahead for Rams at Niners was something like plus three. And the Rams like completely shat the bed in Miami, I feel like. And then the Niners were amazing in their contest. And then it opened up Niners minus three. And you were literally like, can't swing. You can't justify, um, what does that amount to? Like 20% win probability (laughs) swing from one week's worth of results with no injuries like this is the dumbest thing i've ever seen uh and uh i'm pretty sure that won but it was a little bit on the fluky side whatever the case was um you'll find stuff like that and there will be people in the content space who literally are like the look ahead line was this and now it's this and it should be this, and that's why I'm betting it, right? I'll say that probably at points in time this season because there are certainly uh, specific, you know, kind of market analysis and making some judgment about what the uh, what the betting public has voted up or down for a given team, and whether that's right or wrong, uh, and or whether the magnitude was too aggressive or not enough, um, and those kind of general. I mean, the entire nature of handicapping anything that's a major market is basically having a relative rating that stays one step ahead of the market in general. And uh, if you don't know part B, then you don't really know part A either. (laughs) So that's kind of the end of the story for me. Yeah, and I'd love to hear, again, do it in the the YouTube comments, hit us on Twitter, tag us in in the Deep Dive DGEN's Discord. Just all the ideas that I had, that people in the chat had, and that I feel like there's like 30 other ways to kind of attack these sort of things. I'd love to hear what you have because that's just a, it's, it's almost like anything else. You put together your toolbox, you have a bunch of different things. Like the, the things we mentioned here, it's not something like, oh, every week, this is my process. I just figure out a way to parlay a team with their look ahead line. Like it's, it's, it's probably not something you're going to do the same thing week in and week out and come up with it. And like you mentioned, the huge over-adjustment in the Rams-Niners game, it's not something that happens three times a week for 18 weeks. It's something that happens once or twice a year. Yeah. You put all these things together, you find yourself in 10 big advantageous spots a year, and suddenly, hey, I'm not a break-even NFL better. I'm, you know, I'm a 55% NFL better because – you know, like eight out of 10 of these advantageous spots came together. And guess what? At the end of the year, that's the difference. Yeah. It's the difference. (laughs) That's it. You know, I, I I hit, I hit a little, uh, a little extra on futures and I hit 55, 60% on NFL over a hundred games. And here we go. I'm taking a little money out and, Spending it on, you know, high end tequila for New Year's week, week six of 2020. In another life, this is where I'm a little sharper. This is the biggest NFL regular season bet of my life. You had absolutely the mother spot for Niners in this game. It was incredible. The Rams had two East Coasters that they didn't stay on the East Coast for at the Eagles, at the Bills. Then they played two dog shit teams in the Giants and the Washington football team. 
They crush the Giants. They crush the Washington football team on the road, a third trip east. And then they had at the Niners week six. And the look ahead for a couple of weeks there was not, was Niners minus three. But the Niners hosted the Miami Dolphins the week before and lost 43-17. And people just absolutely quit on that Niners team right before the Rams came to town. And you had the perfect storm of Rams gassed from all the travel, Shanahan with the general at picking McVay's pocket, and then the market flipping from it was supposed to be Niners minus three to Rams minus three on a on a on you know just that was that was incredible. Yeah. A one week adjustment for two teams that aggressive. Oh man! Wow. Well, it could, it could have been. <laughs> we'll find one of those this year. I hope <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah, and we're just gonna. It closed. Uh, it closed. Niners plus two and a half. So we weren't the only people banging, banging the drum on Niners that no. week. I don't think. Um, that was a good game. I gotta go look at what I actually bet in that. Fun times. You know what I want to go look at, and I don't think is ever going to be feasible or possible. Your five dime account history. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I was wondering that I too. Love, I love it's that like, you. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm not joking. You 100 nailed it because we're Joey brought it up and everybody yeah. chimed in. It's like I would love to look at some of the fucking things I bet on there. You know, when oh, you talk about your, yeah. your parlay with like Michael Phelps versus a shark and poop yeah. and all that. <laughs> OJ's parole, but I mean, I bet. High school, college, or high school Texas football, mm-hmm. bet all kinds of like, and this was back like nowadays. It's pretty commonplace to be able to bet like girls, uh, college softball, but like, of back course, then, it was hard to find stuff like that. And they consistently put up like college baseball Just numbers, insane alts. Oh, hey, uh, do you want to do a teaser? Here's 75 <laughs> options. Oh, you, you want it? Oh, you wanted a nine and a half point teaser. Where ties push, yeah. Oh no, no, go. I meant I meant an eight and a half point teaser where ties lose. That's what I want for that price. Like, yeah, the the, the menu in that place is just fucking sadistic all the time. Volleyball, surfing, I mean, just stupid shit. Yeah, Love yeah, it. Yeah. R.I.P. My guy Tony. And uh, it's funny too how many people could just name their five dimes login. I didn't. And you know why? To, I didn't even need to think about it. No, you know why? Because it was pre like it was pre uh, pre. Uh, Smart passwords shit. like saving yeah yeah you yeah. had to type that shit in every time yep, uh, yep. i remember i remember when like <laughs> chrome first had password saving like oh shit it's a game oh, changer my, my life my life <laughs> game is changer yeah like, I, I might uh i might take up another hobby i have all this extra time oh no question uh i would like i would like to see my account history just so i could know how much bitcoin i put in there when it was worth uh, like 50 bucks a pop (laughs) that would be uh that would be kind of an eye-opener um all right well this was a fun episode yeah and Um, that's another one too if you have a favorite five dimes uh if you have a favorite five dimes memory leave it in the comments or anywhere else too i'd love to hear those just uh, for sure warms these old cockles whatever a cockle is i believe it's some sort of seafood um and yeah we wish you guys uh happy weekend for a lot of you it's the start of summer i have two more days left of dropping the children off at school and then it's just straight up summer for those those hooligans and i don't have to do anything they just become self-sufficient and then it's fully on full-on football time full-on getting ready for football for the next five months
Love it, man. And I got, I well, I got homework. I got to find us a guest for next week. Um, got to look at the list. And, you had a really good. I looked at it yesterday. You had a really good list. Ooh, good. Okay, cool. Um. Uh. Okay, this will be fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do. Yeah, we'll do this off the air. All right. All right, Dan, play us out. What was our commercial again? Give him a little extra depth. Edge. Edge boost. I'm going to see how fast I can read all those sports books. Edge boost. Edge boost. Those those sports books. That was not part of the ad reading.